Welcome back, y'all, to episode 75 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. And today is, remember, remember, it's October the 20th. So let's get in the show today. So what do we have on the agenda? Lately, I honestly, I like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the, I'm still trying to really figure out the voice of this podcast. I think with it being episode 75, you know, you'd think that there'd be like these, these like really well-known lessons. But honestly, I think for me, it's just really trying to determine what my voice is as it relates to it. And I keep telling myself, you know, whatever, it's worth that. By episode 100, I really hope to establish more. I think now I've been going through the emotions, but I'm really using a podcast 100 to create some kind of like bar of like, okay, now it's, I'm going to put a little, I'm going to put what I need to put into it. And I think now it's just, you know, I'm really just experimenting with it, you know. It's like one thing I find myself doing is like looking at podcast numbers and it's like you look at like Joe Rogan, he's at 18, whatever, 18,000. You look at Tim Poe, he's like at 600, you know, you even look at Jocko with no time. I think he has like, he's at 350, like all of them had podcasts and those numbers really are lessons learned about what works. And, um, you know, today it's like, I got a couple random things I want to talk about. I had some ideas and, you know living in new places. It's like, so like one thing I really want to talk about now is when I was 20 years old, I was a chef at Glacier National Park. And if you have not been to Glacier National Park, like I'm not one for bucket lists. I think they're kind of flame and I don't really understand the point of them because it's like, why keep a bucket list? Because you're just creating things to write off a list. I'm sure some personality types really enjoy it, but I've never been one to be like, I need to do these five things before whatever. Maybe I'll have one one day, but it's like, what am I going to put on the list? Anyways, it's like after that movie, but Glacier National Park is probably one of, if not, I'm going to say it, most beautiful national parks in the lower 48 in North America. And I say that because it's on the Continental Divide. And I've had two experiences at Glacier National Park at different times, um, which is really interesting and unique. You know, you think about it like that. And I've talked about Glacier National Park, too, as it relates to kind of bear attacks, because I saw that bear attack on TikTok. But I wanted to go a little bit more into detail. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about my first experience and my second one. So the first experience, uh, oddly enough, I was in college and my mom got a job to be nurse at Glacier National Park for a summer. And there she would take care of a lot of stuff and her stories are pretty intense. And um, like as the consolation, I was like, Mom, if you are a nurse there, like negotiate me a job so I can come with you. So she did. So we actually like embarked on this road trip from Arkansas all the way to Montana. And I don't know if you've ever driven uh, 
through Montana or like looked at a map, but it doesn't represent what it really is because driving from tip like port like border to border Montana took forever. It's by far like I just don't think like, the map really represents how big it truly is. Um, and that was a good road trip because we went through South Dakota, went to you know saw sorry saw Mount Rushmore for this time first time with my mom. We also were able to go to Deadwood, which was a TV series my dad and I watched, which is really good. And it's like it was like a really good memory of of seeing it. And I went to Bill Hick Hitchcock, no, it was Buffalo Bill's grave because he got shot in the back. But I go to Glacier National Park, and for the summer, you know, my mom and I do this epic road trip. We get there, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Some of the most beautiful mountains and water I've ever seen. And I end up being a line cook at Jammer Joe's, which a jammer is like a car that they have at Glacier National Park. And it's like a signature car that was driven during the 20s and the 30s. And they named a pizza joint after it. So essentially what happened is I was at Jammer Joe's. And, you know, you're in this like area, at Lake McDonald, which is a gorgeous lake. And there's multiple sites within Glacier National Park they have. Um, now I'm drawing a blank on the other ones, but it's not just one site. Um, it's There's West Glacier, and it's really huge. And, and they have Going to the Sun Road, which I think every American should drive up that thing because it's incredible. But I, we ended up there, and I was in like, I mean, it was such a funny summer because... I was in the oldest building at Lake McDonald, and they converted it to, like, these dorms. And I was staying in the dorms, and there was bunk beds with, like, like four or five other dudes. And, like, some of the craziest partiers I ever saw in my life were, like, the ho- like the host, the like, the waitresses and waiters at this place. I mean, they would get bloody... I mean, like, they would just get hammered. They partied way harder than anybody in college. And, um, you know, so I was, like, so essentially I was working there at Glacier National Park. Um, My mom was there with me. She was a nurse. She had her own place that she stayed in. I had my own place that I stayed in. It was kind of funny because we were just both in two different worlds. I was working at Jammer Joe's in this restaurant cooking you know, cooking, washing dishes. Eventually, I ended up being a line cook, and I got a raise there. Um, so, yeah, and I would prep cook pizzas every single day there, and we would hang out and drink, too, and, um, like, the, the staff the staff cabin. And um, it was, like, a great summer. Like, I have two, like, really interesting memories. The first one is the first interaction with Bear Mace, so this forest ranger was giving a presentation in the in like the building over, but they were like conjoined, and as a result of it, um, like just a spray, a, like just not even a teaspoon of this bear mace came out, and it cleared the whole next room. And I just like was stunned at how strong the bear mace was. And the next memory is I used to hang out with these brothers, who were named Ryan and Adam, and. I can't remember the other gentleman's name. He was their buddy, and they came in from Kentucky. So it was, like, my first interaction with people from Kentucky, which was great. And um, they're, like, really adventurous. So we'd rock climb and do a lot of different things. And, like, we ended up realizing 
I think they did it first, but you could go down this river at Lake McDonald and the current was so strong that you could snorkel through the river. And they're like then like it's almost like you would float, but instead of floating on a canoe, you would actually like put on your snorkel gear and go down the river. So what we were doing in this situation is we put on all of our snorkel gear, we parked two cars and we go down the river and the current was so strong and the water was so clear and it was like incredible. And like one thing like that happened is we were going with some girls we worked with at Jammer Joe's who was waitresses and they were floating and we were actually on with the um, snorkels. And as we were going through the water, like I didn't realize it, but like a grizzly bear had walked right in front of us. And the grizzly bears in Montana are particularly terrifying. So um, I didn't see it, so it really didn't stick out, but they told me about it. But I was swimming through the water, and I'll never forget, I looked down, and there was an old wagon, like from the covered wagon days, at the bottom of the river with like a steel wheel. And I went down, and I touched it, and I grabbed it, and like we would fish two in like Lake McDonald with like a stick and some fishing line and like we realized all the fish were under the dock and we'd catch all the fish and it was just like a phenomenal time like it was a really really good summer but that was my first thing and I spent for now see I have more stuff there but I kind of want to hop into the next story um is there was a situation where like when I got back from China which, you know, I lived in China for two years with the Peace Corps. My cousin ended up, we ended up doing this epic road trip, go back and listen to South, the the Wall Drug podcast. Um, We ended up backpacking the Continental Divide, one part of it within um, Glacier National Park. And I actually never backpacked when I worked there, oddly enough. It was kind of like really strange because I would like work and hang out. And like, I wasn't like, you know, I like backpacking, but... You just kind of have to really be ready for it because it takes so much effort and work. And when we backpacked through there, like we drove there, the weather was atrocious. Um, But one thing they do at Glacier is they like run you through these backwood videos, like VHS tapes. And like whenever you're sitting there, they teach you how to deal with if a bear charges you. And like one of the interesting things... um, that happened is like whenever a bear charges you you throw your hat down and like a bear never charges but it was like i was like that's what you do i mean that seems like really really dangerous but it's like really proven and like bears do do these bluff charges where they run at you and they'll drop down but we luckily if fortunately we never saw a bear but we did this like epic backpacking trip that was like 12 miles up the continental divide and we found this little base camp there, you have to put your food in a bear box. It's pretty strict. Like, you don't even want to go to sleep with, like, any wrappers. You know, it's even, like, sketchy, like, brushing your teeth because they say that, you know, potentially bears can smell the toothpaste on your breath. Like, if you're sleeping at some point, you know, and that, and that could potentially be a trigger for them to eat because a big thing is, like, you know, you look at the bears that are coastal in Alaska, like the Kodiak bears and the brown bears, and because they eat so much salmon, they're not as aggressive, but... The bears in Montana don't have that consistent food source, so they're going to be more aggressive as it relates to what they eat. 
Um, so that's kind of like what you're going through. But what's so crazy about the Bears is like they literally take the biggest shits I swear to you I've ever seen in the middle of the trail. And it feels like they're kind of doing it just to like mess with you. Like it seems like a bear is trying to play head games. And like you have to put bear bells on your bag. You have to say, hey, bear, and like sing and be as loud as you can whenever you're walking through the trail, which is so counterintuitive because you're like, so I'm just going to let the bear know I'm here. That just seems really strange. But you don't want to scare a bear. And like there is like, you know, that's that's true. But it's like it does feel a little bit strange. But what happened for us is like, it's probably the first time I ever got any form of hypothermia because we did kind of like this day trail because we wanted to bag a 14er and bagging a 14er is when you time to the time climbed to the top of a 14,000 foot cliff. And in the process of of doing it, like like once again, like this is multiple times like forest strangers give us poor evidence. So poor evidence, like poor information. So from the point A to point B from where we were staying, we were like, we asked the, the forest ranger, how much is it to bag, to bag a 14er from this site? And they literally told us like three or four miles, which that's both ways. So you, you get ready for it. You're like, okay, maybe it's six to eight miles. So we like set out on our way with minimal gear. Our tents are set up. We're almost like looking like we're ultralight hikers, which is a thing where it was then. And um, we're going through... And we do this trip and we kind of start to realize that, you know, we're past the four mile mark and come to find out from point A to point B is about, I think it was like seven or eight miles. So that's nearly double the initial miles that they told us, which is there and back is 16 miles, you know, which is a lot of miles. And we were climbing up, we're trying to back it like a, like a 15 or so. How it works is my cousin and I was there, David Paul, um, and David and Paul and I were hiking up this mountain, and we got to the top of the 13er, and we looked out, and I saw the most epic storm of my life, and it was coming for us, so we had to scramble, and it was like this winter storm that came, and the temperatures dropped so cold, and when you have hypothermia, you touch your fingers to see if they connected, and they wouldn't even connect because we didn't put we had our minimal gear because we were doing ultralight, and it was like the closest I've ever came to hypothermia on top of backpacking like sixteen miles. So those are my two stories of glaciers. So we'll talk with y'all tomorrow. Have a good one.